the website, which is amazing. Loads of art, Paul's books, uh, video content. I mean, the list goes on. This is a great community we have here, and we're glad you're, glad you're a part of it. Um, also, be aware you can stick around after the meeting's over, and there's usually a little meeting after the meeting um, where a couple people hang around. And uh, yeah, we'll leave things open after. To get things underway, we got a reading from the big book. Uh, page 62, Paul, starting with selfishness. And you're muted, I think, Paul. Yes, can you hear me? Yep. All right, good. All right. Selfishness, self-centeredness. That, we think, is the root of our troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us, seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past, we have made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must, for it kills us. God makes that possible, and there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them, even though we would have liked to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. Can end it there? Yeah. Great. Thank you, Jacob. Yes. So this is the meat of the matter, you know. First of all, I want to say one thing. We're putting out an idea of the exact nature of the wrong. We're not into being right about it, yeah. We're just offering an invitation. If you want to look at it this way and it works, great. If you don't, great. Uh, so, all right, I'm just going to read what we just went over. So the first paragraph, selfishness, self-centeredness. Now, is that something that we do or is it something that exists, is expressing through us? So am I doing selfishness or is selfishness expressing through me? Am I selfish or is selfishness expressing through me? Selfishness is expressing through us, yeah. I would say so, yeah. If I keep saying I'm the one that's selfish, uh, you're now bound to the problem, yeah? How are yeah. you going to get the solution if you're bound as the problem? When, you when you're introduced with the solution, what's going to react to that solution is the problem. Because we're taking ourselves to be self, so to speak, Yeah. So when selfishness gets expressed, which would come from self, let's say, yeah, let's just use the terminology of recovery. Mm -hmm. Self is what has defeated us through its manifestation. Selfishness would be a manifestation of self, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Self-centeredness, self-seeking would be manifestations of self. They have the, they have the name of it right in the description. I mean, how can you miss it? It's what, where is this centeredness coming from? Self-centeredness. Where is this selfishness coming from? Self. It says it right there. <laughs> I believe that self in a way, or selfing, is a like a parasitical movement that resides in our mental condition. And that parasitical movement, like a lot of parasitical movements in nature, want a certain conclusion that they cannot produce, but through us, they can produce it. Yeah. So selfishness to express itself has to have us to express through. Yeah. yeah. 
So the parasite takes us over, uses us for transportation and a form of expression, and convinces the host, which would be us, that we're the parasite. So now we're thinking as if we're the parasite. We're reacting to life as if we're the parasite. We'll even die to be right about the parasite. Yeah, it's amazing. Right? So you could see the activity of the bondage of self is an act of being identified as self, don't you? Yeah. Some, some act is bonding us to this idea of self. Yeah. Some There must be a gluing or a, a preparation or, a, or an application of something to have us bound to, to this idea of self. What is that application? Yeah. Wouldn't it be the act of being identified as self? Hmm. So if we're listening, which we are, we're conscious, so we hear stuff. And some of the stuff we hear, we listen to, don't we? Yeah. I hear a lot of sounds, chimes, hummingbirds, and sometimes it's an effort to listen to the chimes because there's a pull to keep listening to the head. Yeah. So I may be wanting to meditate on the sound of the chimes, but my head keeps drawing the attention back to itself, doesn't it? Hmm. You can see it's a stubborn habit. Habit. You can witness it. You can watch it. Yeah. So I'm hearing a the wind yesterday was going off where we live. I'm sitting in the room and I'm listening and I want to listen to the chimes. Now, a stubborn habit appears, which pulls the back from listening to the chimes to listening to the head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Almost like it's a current or a, a gravitational pull. Yeah. So innocently you go, I want to listen to the chimes, but you can't seem to listen to the chimes because you have to really work hard to listen to the chimes. But do you have to work hard to listen to the head? No, no. it's just, it's almost like a default mechanism or a gravitational pull. This is the bondage of self, yes? We'd rather pay attention to something else, but we can't seem to pay attention to anything other than it for a long time. Watch it. Try to count to 100. You want to pay attention to the numbers. At 8, you think of you. At 12, think of you. You never make it to 25. Hmm. Yeah? You go off on a tangent. Doesn't that... You're not doing that, is it? It's almost as if you're dragged to that place. That your intention and interest has been caught in sort of like a gravitational pull. And even though you want to really be interested in that other, you're interested in that other is how it pertains to you. Yeah? Hmm. This is self-centeredness. It's like a planet that has a gravitational pull. Yes. And they realized in recovery that without the help of a greater power, we're outmatched. Yeah. We're going to succumb to that current and we're going to keep going back to that dry well. Even though we know it's dry, we can't seem to break the habit. People try forever. They're staring at empty walls in a zendo, yeah? And all they're confronted with is the constant going back to the head, the preoccupation with this centeredness called self. There has to be a better way to win this battle because we're not winning it, yeah? Well, what I discovered, and many of us have discovered, the key is loss of interest in it. Yeah, that's the key. It's not concentration. It's not radical, laser-like. It doesn't work. Yeah, loss of interest in it is the key. Yeah, you lose interest, and that current doesn't have the pull because you get caught in another current with a greater pull which is the higher power, yeah? 
you get into the habit of being sober. And in that habit, there's an effect that you start getting pulled by the gravitational pull of the higher power more than the gravitational pull of the lower power. Yeah. And then there's a shift in what, what there's trust in. You now have trust in the higher power at the expense of the trust in the lower power. Yeah. Instead of it being the other way, having great trust in the lower power, and then the higher power seems like an unsuspected inner resource. You have no idea of the possibility of freedom that you are. So the parasite convinces the host that it's a parasite. It talks, it describes its feelings. I'm afraid, and you mimic it like a bird, I'm afraid. Yeah. Yet, when have you ever really been afraid when there was a fucking threat? Yeah. At the moment, like when you were swimming and then you saw a large silver or aluminum fin and it was a shock. Yeah. Fucking adrenaline was dispensed and there was fear and it was a super clarity. We're suffering from mental anxiety. Yeah, it plucks the strings of the instrument of fear, but it plays it through mental anxiety. Yeah. So you can be completely paralyzed by quote unquote fear with no apparent threat. That's insane. Yeah. What is that telling us? It tells us a lot. I'm not responding to what's happening. I'm reacting to the head. If you're flipping out right now, and there is nothing in the room or in your vision or in your hearing that is an obvious threat, you must be listening to something that's not happening. Yeah? And listening to that which is not happening is overriding your ability to respond to what's happening. Just see, that's uh, there's evidence there. It's huge. You now recognize the condition you're in. Yeah. Not the condition as written up in a prescription, but as an activity. Bondage of self is a mental activity. Yeah. If you're listening to the mental activity, you're seemingly in the act of being bound to self, really. And therefore, when you want to listen to the chimes, and you put all your attention on the chimes, it gets pulled back to you. And it's like a bitch trying to just listen to chimes uninterrupted for five minutes. It's almost seemingly impossible because while you're doing it, there's like something tugging your ass to go back to self. Self doesn't have that gravitational pull. It's our power it's using, yeah? It has us being identified as what it wants to seem to be. And we're living a life based on the view of a parasite. Fuck, incredible. Hmm. I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm saying find out if this sit, if it fits, where the fucking shoes we're offering. Go to page 64 and look at the inventory process as the theme of the inventory process is to see how self has defeated us. How do we do that? By doing an inventory of its common manifestations in our lives. And that right away, you should recognize the bondage of self because you're calling its manifestations yours. You don't need to go to a, like a super, you know, exotic doctor in fucking Nepal. Just check it out. Yeah. How do you describe a manifestation of self in your life? You describe it as yours. That's the act of being identified as self. Yes? Make it a simpler one. Steve is manifesting through me, and my name is Paul. When Steve's manifestations come through me, and I notice it, most of us notice it way later than when it's first blossoming. That's another interesting thing. Why are you so out to lunch? Yeah. Like it says, you're super selfish and self-centered, but you don't think so. You know what's, think what's thinking that way is the parasite. 
the parasite is not thinking that the description that's so obvious of its characteristics are true. You're not. You're just listening to it. Yeah. You're, why is it that most people, when they have cancer, are the first one to find out, out they have cancer? But not alcoholism. Mm. Alcoholism is found out by people who don't even give a shit about you. They meet you and they know immediately you're a fucking addict or alcoholic. You're the last one to find out. That's an unusual uh, quality of this disease, isn't it? Mm -hmm. The person that is had by the disease is the last one to freaking know. That's mind boggling. Someone who doesn't give a shit about me recognizes what I am. I had it for two years in Delancey Street. Delancey Street never deviated from seeing me as an addict. Never. Yeah. And I was super pissed off from the idea of being Paul. Because Paul didn't like what they were saying about me as an addict. Yet them running my life for two years looked much better than me ever running my life. Yes. Because they were very clear about what I was at the time. When I, when I am that, I'm not clear at all. I don't believe I'm I, I'm meant to be in Delancey Street. I think I'm uniquely different than all the other addicts in the fucking facility. And every addict in the facility is thinking the same thing. Yeah, they are. They're looking at me. Why the hell am I with this fucking guy, this Jamoke? And I'm looking at them the same way. Because we're looking out of the same fucking view, self-centeredness. Why do people who love taking inventories on others have such a hard time taking inventory on themselves? Why is that? Because something doesn't want to be looked at, which is the parasite. Yeah? You will take an inventory of someone as soon as you see them. You've done an inventory. It takes months. It's like pulling teeth to get a person to do a fourth step. It's insane. Yeah? And they're guaranteed to have some person listen to them for four fucking hours or something. I mean, what more would you want? You're begging for that to happen at every bar you're sitting at drinking. You want the person next to you to listen to your ass for these four hours. But now months and months go by. I just can't get the... <laughs> you have a parasitical thing that doesn't want you to look at your role in things because it's going to be revealed its role in things. Obviously, give me a better answer to that resistance. Tell me why you think people are so resistant to do an inventory, yet they do inventories all fucking day on other people. Give me a better uh, conclusion. I think it's pretty solid. There's something in you that does not want you to look at your role because you'll see its role, yeah? With the right understanding. What's really worse is when a resentment is called yours, and now you think you know the resentment, only to have more resentments. Yeah? The knowledge about the resentment clouded by the my doesn't bring about relief from resentments, does it? People are still doing inventories. What would happen if that which is resentful isn't you? You would lose interest in it. Yeah? Could the resentment live? It's just like these mosquito larvae. A lot of rain happened here. So I'm trying to catch the rain for the spring for the plants. Yeah. So one of the tubs I went to, there's tons of mosquito larvae. Yeah. They give birth in the in the water. So I what you do is you dump the water and then they die without that condition, without that petri dish, they can't live. You want to try to pick each one out of the water? Probably not. Yeah, it would be a long fucking day. So you just pour it out. Yep. How are you going to do that when you're calling the manifestations of self yours? Each one of those little laves of resentments, you may feel justified about. You may, wow. Something in me is sucking it up like the golden calf. I don't want to let go of these resentments, if you're honest. 
I feel justified to hold a resentment. I have justified grievances, you see? And then you'll be crazy if for some reason the larvae get pulled, thrown out of the water, you'll go back and put the larvae back in the water. Do you think that's you're driven or you're driven to do that by the self, by the idea of self? Yes. So just try it today. There's something you really like, and let's say you'd like to look at it for three minutes. Watch how many times the head wants to pull it out of the seeing of the thing into you seeing the thing all day. It's just incredible. It's like it's like a pull. Yeah. This is what people try to meditate themselves out of, is that gravitational pull. They spend hours and hours. Yeah, listening to the head with the hopes that there'll be a moment where they break that fucking current. How about losing interest in the whole fucking thing? Tell the truth. Is there self-centeredness? Yes. Are you self-centered? No. Is there selfishness? Yes. Are you selfish? No. It's very important distinction. Yeah. If you keep calling the characteristic self yours, you're in the act of being identified as self. What does that trigger? Bondage. There you go. Yeah. Do you feel free even in recovery from self? Or has self been better managed, let's say? Yeah, so... Let me read again, if you don't mind, because this is incredible stuff. Selfishness, self-centeredness. Wow. That we think the root of our troubles. Yeah? The root of our troubles would be the exact nature of the wrong, yes? Hmm. Of our troubles, the, you know, that which has defeated us, that they are pretty close to the description of the exact nature of the wrong. Yeah? It's not the selfishness or the self-centeredness. It's being identified as the one who's selfish and self-centered. Yes? That's really the root of it. That we think is the root of our troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. So can you be a driver while driven? No. Can you be the driver while driven no i would say you're the car in a way you're that which is being driven not the driver in this case they're describing the driver this idea of self yeah so the driver of self drives a, drives us in a hundred forms of fear self-delusion self-seeking and self-pity four descriptive things three of them start with the word self I mean, the clues are obvious, yeah? We step on the... This was the, one of the greatest things that happened with me. This is such a live statement. We step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. I forget that I stepped on their toes. I fixate on they retaliated, yeah? And I'm wondering, so therefore I'm in an innocent position. Why the fuck did that guy come and punch me in the face? I conveniently forget I was trying to make it at his, with his girlfriend about 20 minutes before. That's conveniently forgotten because it doesn't fit the narrative. Yes? So this is what happened when I got sober. I realized my role in fucking things. Yeah? And then after that, I realized self-role in things. I do not believe we have an easy access to that, that next wave of recovery. After seeing our role in things, I humbly believe with this understanding, you will see self's role in things. I do. I believe there are waves in recovery, and we're not recognizing one of the waves of recovery. After you, re you take responsibility, you're going to arrive at an accountability, and you're going to see something did through you what you wouldn't done by yourself, just like something is doing for you now that you couldn't do for yourself. Something was doing through you then that you wouldn't have done by yourself. Yes. The lower power acts quite a lot like the higher power. 
It, it acts through us, but in, it, in this case, we identify with those actions and take responsibility as if they're ours. In, high, in the higher power love of recovery, we give great gratitude and honor to the higher power that's doing for us what we can't do for ourselves, but we don't use the same thing to look at the lower power. We mm -hmm. think we did all that shit. Do you think you're keeping yourself sober? Probably not. Do you think you got yourself sober? Probably not. Do you think, do you give gratitude for the day because you feel like it's a gift that wasn't earned or wasn't, it's not coming out of a meritocracy? But why isn't that not applied to the prior power, the lower power that did through us what we would never have done on our own? I do not understand why we're so blind with one eye, but we can see through the other eye. Yeah. I just can't get it. I do get it, I humbly believe. And I'm trying to share it. Isn't that weird? That you can give great gratitude that which is coming through you now and doing for you what you couldn't do for yourself, but you're, not you're taking all the blame for the lower power doing through you what you would have never done by yourself. You're living with that blame of 36 years ago. That's an incredible weight to have to store and walk around with and avoid and deny and try to tolerate every living fucking moment. Yeah. Just because the luggage has your name on it, you don't have to fucking claim it. Yeah, how about the trip of today, you stop taking that luggage with you? Yeah, realize I didn't just, I did not go out of my way to do the shit I did while under the influence. Yeah, and your description of what you did is probably similar very much to my description of what I did because we were driven by the same fucking force. Yeah. You may be a Chevy, I may be a Ford, but we had the same driver. Yeah. All right, so driven by a hundred forms, blah, blah, blah. We, sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past, we have made decisions based on self. Yeah. When you make a decision based on self, what does it look like? You made, it was your decision. Yes? When a decision is made in our lives before, based on self, it seemed like seamless my decision, didn't it? We must have been thick in the act of being identified as self. We couldn't see that it was a decision based on self. We called it our decision. Don't you think this is important to have cleared up? Because it could be happening right now. You may be, there may be decisions based on self right now that are being claimed as yours right at this very moment. Yeah. And that is the act of being bound to self. One of them. All right, we must, all right, without provocation. Da, da, da. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. I do not believe you're making your own troubles. I believe some foreign thing in you is making trouble for you. I do. Yeah. I do not believe someone who has cancer is producing its their own effect. I think they're demonstrating or expressing the effects of having cancer or being had by cancer. Yeah. So our troubles we think are basically our own making. I don't believe they are. I do not believe we manufacture our own misery. I believe we manufacture a lot of stuff and it's based the factory that we are, what we're going to produce is based on who's running the factory. So if self's running the factory, one of its prime products is misery. Yes? Because it can, it can glean grievance out of that. Yes? It can spur hate and division out of that. Yeah. So 
they arise out of ourselves. I believe that's true, but I would cut the our and selves. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't use ourselves as one word. I would say they rely, they arise out of our selves. Yeah, with a pause between the our and selves. See, the owning of being that which is defeating you is expressed right there. Yeah. So they arise out of ourselves and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot. Though he usually doesn't think so. Again, this this clothing device, this camouflage in plain sight of the parasite nullifying the host's recognition of being a host, yeah? Yeah. Isn't that a very unusual quality that we can be so fucked and we don't know it? That's incredible. Someone who has stage four cancer knows they have stage four cancer. Hmm. They're not unclear about that. They're fucked and they know the how they're fucked, yeah? But we're fucked and we don't know it. That's incredible. When the greatest quality we have is awareness, we're not aware of that. Our greatest quality is awareness. It's always there, always available, yet it's been completely neutered. We're not aware of our own condition. It's incredible. It's insane. Above everything. Oh, so here. Though he usually doesn't think so. <laughs> Above everything. Wow, that's pretty amazing statement. Above everything. We must be rid of this selfishness. It doesn't say we must be rid of the alcohol or the drugs. Above everything, we must be rid of this selfishness. Mm-hmm. and don't they describe it someone can be acting with great virtue and generous and still be selfish Yeah, remember that page it blew my mind because I thought if I was good I wasn't selfish and am I bad I'm selfish mm-hmm. but then it says the self-centered person can be virtuous and kind yes but isn't that still selfing yes mm-hmm. incredible so we must kill it or no, we must, we have to be rid of this selfishness. We must, or it kills us. Wow. God makes that possible. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them, even though we would have liked to. Why is that? Yeah. Maybe if self has your philosophical convictions, the philosophical convictions are going to have any power that you thought they would have because they've been neutered by who has the philosophy, yes? It's Mm. just like self-knowledge avails you nothing, but knowledge of self is incredibly valuable. But self-knowledge will avail you nothing. Yeah? So knowledge owned by self is not going to lead to seeing self as the culprit, obviously. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, Dracula will go out on vampire hunts. Yeah, he'll kill other vampires to take the light off of the possibility he's the fucking source of them all. Hmm. All right, so and then often seems there's no way. Many of us had all this stuff, even though, again, but we could not live up to them, even though we would like, we have liked to. So something is causing us not to be able to do a lot of shit, yes? Something in in us has a different agenda than us. He keeps saying this. We would love to have been able to do this, but we seemingly can't do it. There must be something deterring that, yeah? There must be an obstacle or an obstruction. And they're trying to describe it in the book, what that obstruction is. And they selfishness, self-seeking, self-will, self, self, self. Why not see it as foreign to you? Yeah. Neither could we 
reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. Why is that? Because when you try to get out of self as self, that's self. Mm -hmm. We had to have God's help. Yeah, you can't solve a... an obstruction of God's help mm. through the act of being identified as self. We can be a receiver of God's help. Yeah. Instead of resisting God's help, we're going to go along with God's help. Yeah. Instead of denying the unsuspected inner resource, we're going to fully suspect the inner resource. Yeah. We're going to have faith in that in the infinite rather than finite self. Isn't this the journey that we're in? The program of AA allows us not to capsize so that this shift of faith can occur. It gives us the ability not to drink and not to fucking get loaded today, a day at a time, so our lifeboat doesn't get capsized all the fucking time, and we have to be busy bailing it out, yeah? And then, it does another process of moving the faith in finite self to the infinite. Yeah, this is the process we're in. Why rock the fucking boat? Yeah, stay on the operating table. Don't get up. Don't play fucking doctor. And Jesus, I'm sure you're going to be happy with the results. I am, and I imagine everyone else here who's been sober for a while are quite happy with the results. Yeah. Now we can take it further, further. Now that you you had been introduced to relief, you should have a much clearer view of what was causing the unrelief. Yeah. And maybe you can finally call it other and be free from it instead of trying to be free as it through the bondage of self. That's the whole premise that gets me coming here. Yeah. It does. I, it was just a switch of emphasis. I stopped by getting whacked. I stopped trying to be free as self and I got freedom from self. Mm. And it was all recognizing that which I was calling me was not me. Yeah. That's all it was based on. And then tons of shit reinforced this little, this idea that came in. Tons of stuff reinforced it and echoed a truth about it, yeah? That I'm so confident, I don't care if you like it or not. I'm going to put it out, yeah? I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care about winning friends and making, a, you know, companions. I just want to put it out because I see an incredible value in it. Yeah. It yeah, we see it too, Paul. We see yeah, it too. And there was a huge distinction. I was trying to be free as that which I need to be free from. That's the way it goes. And now that's been cleared up and corrected, and it's been going pretty strong for 27 years. It happened around the seventh year of sobriety. Hmm. So I'm 35 years now. So it's been about 27 years. That gravitational pull of the higher power has sucked my life out of the gravitational pull of self. Yeah. I still get broadcasts from K-Paul, <laughs> but I'm not buying any of its products. Yes. Right. Pretty good. <laughs> not, and it's an abstinence. I have no interest. It's not like, oh, this sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't sounded good in a long time. Then the well, thing hey, Paul, that we get over was the stubbornness of the pull, yes? Yeah, yeah. And that the stubbornness of the pull is defeated by loss of interest, really. You lose interest in the whole thing, yeah? And now you hear the hummingbird, and you see the head going back to the head. You don't see yourself going back to the head. You see it as the head going back to the head. Yeah? And you find peace where the other way of looking 
it had to be all chimes or all head. Yeah, it can't be. But no, I found peace with the head broadcasting, but the volume's down. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's mechanical anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so it does, you know, it just try, wants to pull you back to that mental self-centeredness, which is the center is self. So you watch it. Watch it with the attention. It tends to be brought back there. Yeah? Now, when you dwell there, oh, the water of your life gets stagnant. Yes? Mm. Shit cover up the surface. You can't even get a clear reflection of what's going on. Yeah? And then you hear about water and the flow of water and the life of water, but that's not your experience. It seems to be stagnant and it looks like you're looking at a leaf. Mm. You can't see the water anymore. Yeah. What are you going to rely on then? Maybe your head. And then it's going to mislead us. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, everyone, for putting up with the long rant. This was a very jam-packed two paragraphs. It's very yeah. Yeah, we love it, Paul. Well, David's had his hand. David S. in South Carolina has had his hand up for a while waiting. <laughs> Luckily, it's only a virtual hand. That's right. He's no fakir with his hand up. Hey, folks. David. Thank you so much, Paul. Um, you know, one of the things that has been daunting to me for a while is once I have found myself uh, ignoring self free of self and you know finding peace in my home self loves to kick down the door break the window and climb back in and um it's a struggle again to uh, be rid of him and listening to you today was wonderful because it reminded me that it's not just a matter of being free of self you know getting that uh, door locked or whatever it may be but I haven't done the other half enough. I haven't used that technique of letting my higher power fill that same space and having the faith and the trust and the peace that comes with that. And I really appreciate that reminder today because um, I don't need to box self all the time. I no. just need to uh, find that peace with a higher power. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Yes. And, uh, of, of course, you know, in the Wizard of Oz, they use proportionality, yeah? So when they don't see the wizard, they think it's huge and has all this fucking power. And every time there's an explosion of fireworks, they think it's the end of the world. But then when they see the Wizard of Oz, and he's a small little old dude, yeah? When they hear the same explosions, they don't react the same because they've seen that which they thought was defeating them as a huge, you know, as something weak and small. Yes, this is it with self. Yes, you see the activity as weak and small. And then when it sets off its fireworks and say they are like atom bombs, you don't fucking run into a bomb shelter. Yes. It's just the, it lights up the head for a minute or two and you just keep on keeping on. Yeah. Yeah. It's all proportionality. This is why it says we're extreme examples of selfishness, self-seeking and frightened because the degree of it has gotten much more amplified and then its ability to distort has gotten much bigger. Yes. When that gets shrunk down, there's almost like a compassion to its mechanicalness, you know? And usually you'll get a lot of comedy routines out of it. You will. It's, 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 it's impotency walking around like it has great power is fucking hilarious. Yeah, it can't make people do what it wants. It does It's, you know, it's funny in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not from its view but from another view it's funny yeah and you can always you can always rely on its bombastic uh tomfoolery yeah it's never gonna it's never gonna uh disappoint you it's always gonna 
think everything is a big plan and design. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice to see you, my friend. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for uh, sitting in it today. Today, this could be a, like a big Thanksgiving meal, these two paragraphs. Literally. These two paragraphs have so much... Uh, so much action in there. It's incredible. Really. I didn't see any one of our names on, on any of the description. Those two paragraphs, I didn't see any one of our names on the description. It was all self, 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 self. Yes, it is. The whole thing is. Self is probably the most used word in the first 164 pages. Yeah. It's not us. Yeah. It's not us. Self has defeated us. Yeah. Do you believe that Bill W. knew everything that was coming through him? I don't believe so. I believe the big book's a download. Mm. Yeah. It came through through the it came with the grace of the solution there is finally a solution part of that download of grace was a big book if you ever read the big book it's totally different than the 12 by 12 that bill w wrote 15 years later the feeling of it everything and there are so many nuggets that were dropped in the big book yeah that maybe the people who wrote it didn't even know they may have saw it in one way and others who have come after see it in another way. Yeah. This is the whole point they talk about in a vision for us. We know, but a little people who come after are going to add on to it. Yeah. Yeah. This power is constantly uh, revealing to us, constantly revealing to us stuff. So, yeah, if something was constantly revealing stuff for four years, do you think there'd be more revealing if it was constantly revealing stuff for 60 years? I would imagine there could be more revelations, yes? Yeah. Don't you see the big book as a verb instead of a noun? Hmm. You want to deaden it? You want to deaden the life of it by making it a noun? Yeah. Yeah. Haven't you read the big book so many times and gotten different information from the same sentence based on your changing of a condition? The book, the book's condition didn't change. Page 69 didn't move to page 224, maybe when they changed the, uh, the edition. Yeah, but your condition has changed. So you see things in a different way. Yeah. Why not try it? to see things in a different way maybe the way you're seeing things is the bondage yeah yeah speaking of the bondage of self paul and seeing things differently uh we had someone ask if you could speak a little bit on the higher power and if the higher power is contrasted to the lower power and like what happens if you can't really see the higher power? Like, do you, or well, yeah. you're never gonna see the higher power. You're gonna become aware of it or feel it. Yes, sure. It's intimated. Well, There's no seeing of it. Are we aware? I mean, or should I say, it seems like an awareness of the higher power can come through the recognition of the lower power as well. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. That's how it comes about. Yeah. By seeing what you're not, uh, it triggers a recognition that you are the seeing of what you're not. So the awareness of what you're not, you are the awareness of that. Yeah. Mm. When you try to be aware of what you are, you're already that, your awareness, yeah? But you can get a hit of being aware by seeing, being aware of what you're not. This mm -hmm. is the duality of this event, yeah? You arrive at the affirmation through the negation of the assumption. 
Yeah. So you, you, you disqualify an assumption of what you are. And then through that disqualification, you get a sense of what you are. Yeah. A sense, like a presence, like they talk about. Yeah. Mm. Your sense of presence. Yeah. Right now, many of us are in unconscious contact with this idea of self. Yeah. Yeah. So conscious contact has actually become unconscious contact. And it's described right in that reading. The person who's fucked doesn't know they're fucked. When they're selfish, they don't think they're selfish. Isn't that <laughs> just, that's, a, there was a demonstrations of being unconscious. Mm. Yeah. So you're, you're consciously presence is the idea of self. And then that makes you unconscious, so to speak. That's fucking weird. Eh? <laughs> so now you don't know you have a terminal disease. Seemingly, you don't know that you're extremely angry. Have you you met people in AA who come in and they would swear on a, a stack of Bibles they are not angry people. They're the most angriest person you ever met. It's mm. just completely just been walled off through denial. That's a lot of unconscious presence. Yeah. So if you plug one in th one, if you plug your you if you plug this power into one thing, you become unconscious of a lot of shit. And if you plug it into the other thing, you become very conscious of a lot of shit. Mm. Yeah. Were you super? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the best we could get in when we were out there using was like the Fight Club, where Ed Norton thinks. He's so yeah. sure someone's fucking with him. He pictures it as Brad Pitt. Yeah. And it's only near the end of two hours that he, when he sees a video of him fighting Brad Pitt in the, uh, in the car park, he sees it's only him. Yeah. <laughs> he was punching the shit out of himself. Mm. <laughs> in this case, we're taking ourselves to be the Brad Pitt. Right. Yeah. And what gives one the awareness of seeing that it's you beating yourself up? That's the higher power. Yeah, that's right. That's the yeah. grace. Well, it's it's nature is grace because it's just un, incessantly on. Mm. Truth is is blinking truth all the time. Yeah. So basically, in time, there's going to be big holes where timelessness is going to override everything. And that's where the revelations happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. The shenanigans are seen through a lot. You usually don't remember it when you're identified as the self. When you lose interest in the self, you're going to see a lot of shit. Yeah. That you weren't seeing. I mean, what did you used to know? You knew you were fucked. You didn't even know you were fucked when you were fucked. You were so out to lunch. Mm. It really, it's amazing. Someone who had no interest in me, 20 seconds meeting me, knew I was a cocaine fiend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Going over my head for years. What the fuck? There's got to be something doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Because other diseases would come on. I know I have a cold. Yeah. When I got COVID, it was clear something other than me got in the body. I did not feel, I couldn't capture the feelings I was having as Paul. It was way beyond. My fucking chest was just on fire. Yeah. But this is different because the problem resides in the head. This is all imagined and made up and false evidence appearing real. It's like a really like a living as a magic trick. And you, in this case, are the last one to know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> and well, hey, Paul, Chris, Chris B. Oh, go ahead. No, and you, you'll be dying and resist the fucking, you'll resist to your last breath the solution. It's my, it's fucking unbelievable how convincing it can be. Yeah. That you'll be you'll be dying and you'll be convinced you're not an alcoholic. That's right. 
we've seen it now with other shit. We've seen the mind. It's an addiction. Mind mm. is an addictive nature. The smaller mind. We've seen it. We've seen how far false beliefs can take people. Yeah. Yeah. And all those are centered in the head also. And this disease centers in the head. Mm. Yes. So mm. it's just it's rife with it. All the description is is about we're out to lunch. We have no idea what's going on, yet we think we do. Mm. Yeah. It's him, her, my family of origin. I speak to people. There's a giant elephant in the room behind them. <laughs> and they want to talk about who's fucked with them, this and that. And there's just giant elephant just <laughs> breathe, taking all the oxygen, taking everything. And I just can't believe it. And I, I never even look at them. I just keep looking over their head with the hopes that they'll go try to... What's what's behind me? A fucking huge elephant. You're an addict, bro. Something mm. addiction has you. You're not an addict, but addiction has you. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Well, um, Paul, uh, we have Chris B with his hand up. I want right. to make sure to get him in here because he. Uh, yeah, but I don't see if this was a live meeting, I'd have some feeling. Oh, the person's had his hand up for 10 minutes. It's a virtual <laughs> hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, a virtual hand. With yeah. False evidence. It's not true evidence. So it comes, I, you, I you could know just... my problems. I don't put it on a scale. It doesn't weigh anything. It's in their fucking head. Oh, oh I'll I'll I missed it. Keep your virtual hey, hand up. Yes. Um, I would, I'm not in a great space to talk right now, but um, I was the one who actually asked Jacob the thing about the higher power. Because of all the things you talk about, it's the one thing that eludes seems to elude me. So I'm, I'm very, I, I I had a very similar experience to your Delancey Street experience. So I'm very clear on the inadequacy of the lower power, <laughs> the not the not being managerial quality, absolutely. I, and something Jacob just said, it's like, is just the recognition of that? Yes. The higher power? Because what I feel no, like is there's nothing not else that. I can, I feel I don't feel like there's anything else I can trust. So well, I feel kind great, of stuck. Inevitably, you're going to end up as the higher power is always available at all times, right where you are. It's basically you, bro. Yeah. Yes. I just don't trust it. <laughs> well, you don't trust, are you? which is of the head. And now you're, applying, you're applying that to the you. Yeah. And this just needs to be cleared up. That's all. Yeah. 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 You're not trusting. You don't trust a you. Are you, you don't trust a higher power as held in the mental condition. That's not what we're talking about. The higher power is a power. Yeah. That's a beyond all other power, let's say. Yeah. It's access where you are right now. And some of the access is based on seeing the truth about a lower power. That's playing God or playing the higher power. Okay. So a lower power in the head is playing the higher power to many of us. Yeah. In AA, you got to quit playing God. How do you do that? You don't quit playing God. You see you're not that which is playing God. So for, so, for example, if you're facing some decision, it could be a big decision or a small decision. It could be like, you feel like you want to take a drink. It could be anything. I can, I can usually see very clearly that where, where the motivation is the lower power. It's got a really distinct signature. And so I can be like, well, I'm not doing that. And is that <laughs> trusting the higher power? That's a good place to start. Yes, because the thing is, you see something that you're not from what you are. So you see the lower power from what you are, which is the higher power. Right. You said that before. Is that the same as saying that if you are seeing the lower power, then you are seeing it from the higher power? Yes, for sure. Oh, uh, that's helpful. <laughs> yes. 
you don't see much of the lower power when you're looking from the lower power. <laughs> you don't. That's its point. It's like being inside it an animal. It has a very, very fragile secret. It's a lower power. Huh. Yeah. It doesn't have the power that it represents or says it does. Yeah. So it's even though it, it feels to me like there's no other power other than the lower power, what that that's kind of what the higher power almost feels like. Just the not lower power. Well, there is no lower power in a way. It's imagined through the power of the higher power. Huh. Okay. That's the helpful. lower power doesn't have any it's it doesn't have its own power source. It the lower power is projected through a misunderstanding of the higher power. Yeah, I would say. In the general that's, way, you don't want to go into it. No, that's helpful because I, I feel like I'm I, I feel like I have some connection to the higher power that I was dismissing. Great. Was not... yeah, you're so connected to it, you may be it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. I mean, my idea of a higher power is it's always available at all times, right where you are, with no requirement necessary to meet it. Sounds like where you are. Yeah. My idea of a higher power is I turn my will and life over to the care of a higher power of its own understanding. Not my understanding. I do not want to look at the higher power through my understanding. <laughs> I just don't. It just it was quickly remedied very quickly in recovery. So I arrived at a place I've never left, which is I have a higher power that I've turned my will and life over to, the care of, uh, and I'm basing it on its own understanding, not on my understanding. Yeah. Hallelujah. That was that was done in like two years in recovery, pretty much. Yeah. It's never changed. When you the idea of the imagining of a higher power as something greater and bigger, that's how I see it. I see a higher power of its own understanding. Uh, who wants me to define that power? That's crazy. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna think it's the one that got me a parking space in front of the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's working for me 24 7. Are you yeah. saying you just you just are you saying you do just imagine it like that? No, I don't imagine all right. it at all. Okay. <laughs> I don't imagine much shit at all anymore. I just see things as they're appearing right now. But those days of imagining are over. I just see things as they are right now. It's great. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. As always. So, all right, we got to get going. I have some little plans and designs today <laughs> that I'm still interested in. <laughs> all right. Well, let us, let's say goodbye. Eh? Crispy. Thanks, man. Yeah, don't. It doesn't have to be that complicated. Just see what you're not. Everything else will take care of itself. Literally, it will. I'm not saying this as fool's gold. It's something I've observed. Yeah, no, something really clicked. How when you a couple of things that both you and Jacob said that really sinking in. Thank you. Great, great, great. All right, Jacob. Thank you, my friend. As always. Pleasure to see you. Say hello to Alex for us. James. Yeah. Nice to see you, James. Michael Stacy, as always. Al Vegas, as always. David Bitterman. Kurt Zimmerman. Wow. Bitterman Zimmerman. Yeah. Mickey Smith. The matriarch of Madeira. Florida John. James Lebowski, one of my, our earliest characters. Thank you for keep showing up, James. Colin C., nice to see you. Peter S., nice to see you. Jules on vocals, yes, Jules on vocals. Alane, 
I hope, got close, Volkman. She's very looking very comfortable there. She's, uh, she's completely horizontal. Good way to receive the message. Roman, Mula. Nice to see you, Roman. You've moved. You're not at the radiator. No. Ah. Atara. Nice to see Atara. Axel, another German friend. Gary C. up in Placerville. Oliver from Berlin. Stephen T. Annette. Paula. Jeff P. down Southern Cal. Wayne. Uh, let me see. What's else here? Greg from Kentucky. Nice to see you, Greg, down there. S. Stephen T. Got you. Paula Wayne. iPhone Miak. Uh, she should be on her way soon if she's coming. Hey, uh, I think that's it. Thank you, everyone. I had a pleasure hanging out with you all. And... Uh, Remember Rule 62, don't take yourself so seriously.